Welcome to Sideline Guideline. Hot topics. News. Fantasy football. Betting. Weekly recaps. Projections. Rankings. Injuries. Your one-stop shop for everything football. Welcome to Sideline Guideline, week three. Uh, back with my boy, Drizzy Drizzle. Uh, back on the back on the podcast. Uh, did the did a couple of last episode without him. So good to have you back, bud. It's always good to be back. Yeah, boy. All right. So now we're uh, we're on a Thursday Thursday episode for week three. Um, so we're gonna go right in it. Um, as always, as you saw last week, uh, we, we, we like to have a little fun on Thursdays, you know, because it's almost the weekend, so you we got to have a little bit of fun. So uh, we have our first segment, Panic versus Don't Panic. All right. So now we're going to go into our first player of the segment, Panic versus Do Not Freaking Panic. Uh, it is quarterback Ryan Tannehill from the Tennessee Titans. All right. So I'll take that one first. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of panicking. I'm just kind of panicking um, because, you know, uh, both of his weeks have been under 20 fantasy points, uh, which is not something you would expect out of Tannehill with the way he's been playing since he's got the starting job in Tennessee and especially not with adding uh, Julio Jones. But the fact that he has AJ and Julio is the reason why I'm not fully panicking is because there's still some chance uh, of it turning around. I was talking to some people uh, this week that were uh, questioning me about, you know, if they should drop Tannehill for Daniel Jones or anything like that. And I was just like, you know what, man, like give it, give it a couple weeks. Just give it a couple weeks, see what happens with Tannehill. And then if in a couple weeks he still hasn't given you a game over 20 points, then maybe drop him. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not panicking at all. I'm not, I'm not panicking whatsoever with Tannehill. I mean, a couple of uh, lackluster weeks. But the one thing I noticed, um, which should be really good for Derrick Henry owners as well when it comes to fantasy, is they're actually starting to get Derrick Henry involved in the passing game a little bit. Right. He actually led uh, tied for the team leading targets uh, in that game and receptions. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. Right. It's huge for Derrick Henry owners, but it's also huge for Ryan Tannehill owners, because if they can start getting him the ball in the passing game and we know what he can do as a runner, if they can get him some openings so that he can start getting some yards after the catch as well, that's going to do wonders for Tannehill's numbers. All right. So I'm not panicking whatsoever. I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, I'm not really worried about the Titans whatsoever. I think that, you know, with that and with, uh, with, with Derrick Henry getting involved in the passing game and, like you mentioned, with having uh, Julio and A.J. Brown, he's going to be fine. For sure. And I, like you mentioned, that uh, those catches by uh, Derrick Henry, um, I think he had, like, five catches, which is, like, the highest amount of catches he's had in a game since he's joined the NFL. So uh, good, to see, good, to see the, good to see him getting involved in the passing game. I mean – I don't know why people haven't done it before. Like if, if you, if you do a swing pass on the outside to Derrick Henry and yeah. he catches that and then he's alone against corners and safeties. who mama, get out of the way, man. Get out yeah. of the way. You're going to look silly trying to tackle him. It's, 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 it's clearly something that they should have been doing from the start, but he's, he's so effective as a runner that they give him the ball a lot on the ground. So, 
I don't know if they weren't doing it because they were worried about burning him out or if they, they thought he couldn't do it. I mean, he's not exactly known for having the, the greatest hands, but he's also not known for like fumbling a lot of balls. So, you yeah, know, I mean, he, he's not known as a dropper. Yeah. He, he can catch the ball. If they keep doing that again, Ryan Tannehill is going to benefit, especially sure. if they start doing that in the red zone, because you know, Derrick Henry in the red zone, a little bit of open space. He's getting in. He's getting in anything Definitely. inside 10 yards. He's, he's getting in. You're not stopping him at full speed uh, from gaining those yards and getting across the plane. It's not happening. All right. So we're going to go into our second player of the panic. Don't panic. Um, it is Mr. Skittle, George Kittle, tight end, San Francisco 49ers. Um, you go ahead, take that one first. How do you feel about that one? Yeah, the, you know, I think I'd be a little bit concerned if, if I don't have him in any of my leagues, but I know a lot of people invested a lot of draft capital to go out and get George Kittle. So if I put myself in the shoes of those people, I'm panicking a little bit, but you know, he's arguably the best tight end in the league right now. Yeah. The, the debate is between him and Travis Kelsey. So do you really need to be concerned about, you know, the number one or number two tight end in the entire league and whether or not he's going to be able to turn it around? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think it matters who's at quarterback either. Even if Trey Lance ends up taking that job from Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he still has the same amount of value. I think, uh, you know, maybe it just takes that one game for him to get going. And once he has that one big game, then you're going to start to see more and more big games out of him. But uh, yeah, I'm not panicking him at all. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. If he's not number one, he's number two. Don't panic. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with everything you just said. It's just that I drafted him in one of my leagues, so I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm kind of panicking. I'm panicking a little bit because, uh, you know, I never touched tight ends that early, and then I do. And then now what happens? And the last time that I had touched a tight end that early was, like, Grunk, and it was the year that Grunk, like, was completely, utterly useless uh, with the Patriots. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I'm kind of freaking out, but I'm not freaking out at the same time, like, because I'm, I'm actually trying to trade for him. I'm trying to trade for Kittle in, in the leagues that I don't have him right now. Well, yeah, I mean, that's an inter interesting point there, which is, you know, if you're not a Kittle owner and you're not very strong at tight end, you're strong at other positions, you know, this is a guy you might want to buy low on, right? For sure. I mean, he has through his first two games. That's what I was checking right there. Just wanted to make sure before I said anything, I want to get my numbers right. Uh, nine targets through two games, right? Now, normally, you know, nine targets might be a typical day for him. And that's what he got through two games. He has only not succeeded on one of his targets. So out of nine targets, he's made eight receptions. So that tells you that when they target him, he's catching the ball for the most part. Yeah. And that being said, if he starts getting more targets, which I think is going to be the case eventually, I don't know when, um, I, I think probably sooner or later, you know, the fact that he's bringing in all those targets is going to mean points, right? Yep. So I agree with you, man. In, in a league where you don't have him and you're stronger at some other positions, maybe go after him. You might be able to buy low a little bit. For show, sure. Go buy low on Kittle. Um, next, we got Justin Herbert, quarterback, Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, I'm the one. I'm the one that put him uh, as a subject to talk about today. But uh, I think it's even if I'm the one that put him in there, I think it's straight up silly that I felt like it would be a good topic to talk talk about in this segment. Uh, I mean, he's a, 
clear fucking G. He, he knows how to pass the ball. He passes the ball a whole lot every single game. Um, I'm not panicking whatsoever with Herbert. He is the future of the NFL at the position, so don't panic. I'm panicking. You're panicking. Yeah, oh, I'm panicking. boy. If I'm a fantasy owner and I got Justin Herbert, I'm, I'm panicking. The only way I'm not panicking is if I'm in a dynasty or a keeper league. If I'm in a dynasty or a keeper league and I know – this is a guy that uh, I agree with you. I believe that he is, you know, the, the future of the position. I think he's uh, definitely the future of the Chargers. I think he's going to have a great career. But I'm, I'm panicking that he's throwing this many interceptions uh, just this far into the season, right? There are two, two interceptions against Dallas. I mean, D- Dallas's defense, in my opinion, not that bad. But are, are, are they good enough to be picking off a quarterback like Justin Herbert twice? I mean, Trevon picked up Herbert. I don't think they are. Tom Brady. Yeah, he picked off Herbert and Tom Brady, but you know what? I mean, I'm again. The, he threw two picks against Dallas. He threw a pick the week before. Uh, that's a lot. He's only thrown two touchdowns. So right now he's out picking his touchdowns. Any time that a quarterback is throwing the same amount of picks as touchdowns or more picks than touchdowns, I start having Jameis Winston flashbacks from his final season <laughs> with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was gonna and say, as you know what that means. Get worried. Yeah, and. If I have him in fantasy, I'm concerned specifically about that because every time he does it, what's he doing? He's taking away points that you could have had uh, for your fantasy team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm panicking. I'm panicking, and I'm starting if, – if I, if I have him in a redraft league, I'm starting to look at other options. All right, like, like what, what, what other option do you think that you would like – would you start Daniel Jones over Justin Herbert? Would I start Daniel Jones over Justin Herbert? I don't – Depends on the week. I might stash Daniel Jones on my bench and use him against a very favorable matchup. But uh, I also don't very much have any belief in Daniel Jones as a quarterback. So uh, I don't really think that he's a viable option for you, you know, on a regular basis as your quarterback. But so um, let me make that. I might might this week against Atlanta. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So against Atlanta, uh, Daniel Jones is playing this week and Chargers are playing uh, Kansas City, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm taking Daniel Jones for that one. Shit. All right. All right. You heard and it. What's here what's first. what's what is what is Fields ranked or Herbert? Sorry, what is he ranked right now? Anyways, among quarterbacks, I think he's 24th in terms of fantasy quarterbacks. 24th. So unless you're yeah. in a 30 person league, uh, there's no legitimate reason to say that he should have been starting in either of those two weeks. I understand why you would because he's got pedigree, but. For me, I'm not necessarily dropping him, but I'm looking at other options. I'm bringing somebody in to maybe start a week or two for me. All right. All right. All right. So now we're going to go into our next one. Uh, we talked about him on James Robinson, uh, running back Jacksonville. Um, I feel like he's going to be uh, on this segment every single week until you can drop him. So I'm, I'm panicking, man. I'm, I'm fully panicking. Um, the load has been split between all the running backs in Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville looks like their defense is going to be garbage all season long, that they're going to be playing uh, with a deficit early on in every single game so that Lawrence is going to be passing the ball a lot. Um, so unless James Robinson gets really involved in the passing game, and gets like 90% of the goal line carries or the carries inside the five yard lines. I'm getting worried as heck. Yeah. I, I don't even really have much to add 
I'm, I'm smashing that panic button if I picked up James Robinson, especially because, you know, as you know, with fantasy drafts, running backs, they fly off the board. They're, they're just mm-hmm. gone. And then, you know, you kind of take who you can get. So you got to invest draft capital. And a lot of people invested draft capital in James Robinson. And it seems like Urban Meyer likes his college running back, Carlos Hyde, more than he likes Robinson, mm-hmm. which is a huge problem because even if you're trying to get your running backs involved in the passing game because you're constantly behind – you know, it doesn't help James Robinson whatsoever if Carlos Hyde is taking away those touches. Yeah. So, yeah, smash the panic button on that one. Full, fully agree. All right, so we're going to go into the next ones. Uh, LaVisca Schnell, another uh, buddy on uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot of panicking happening there. I'll let you uh, take that one first. Yeah, uh, I got to admit, I'm a LaVisca Schnell uh owner in one of my leagues and uh i'm panicking i'm concerned he had seven targets last week and turned into minus half a fantasy point that's bad yeah i don't need to really explain why that's bad you have seven targets and you had (laughs) negative points that's bad uh i think that there is a measure of blame for that that's got to go to trevor lawrence right he's clearly finding his legs uh in the nfl uh he's not quite having the start that some people would expect him to have as a first mm-hmm. overall pick. Um, I, I do think he's going to be okay in this league, but I'm concerned uh, that seven targets and minus half of a fantasy point. And this, by the way, in a half PPR league. So that should tell you all you need to know. I'm panicking yeah. and he's going to be on my bench this week. And I, I hope he turns it around because uh, I could really use him. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I fully agree. Um, I'm panicking. Um, for sure, what you mentioned about last game against Denver, that, that's quite panicky. Uh, but the other reason why I'm panicking is also what we saw from that game, that uh, Marvin Jones Jr. is the definite favorite option of Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And if he keeps not being as accurate as he needs to be, um, even if they're going to be passing the ball a lot, I don't think um, I don't think there's enough. Uh, there's going to be enough completable passes to go around in that offense to feed Shark, uh, Jones Jr. and uh, Chano. So I mean, yeah. unless the Lavisca starts being used as a gadget player, uh, like they know they can, you know, like they can play in the slot, they can play in the backfield, they can get creative and have him in some wildcat formations back there. Uh, with Carlos Hyde, uh, yeah. Unless they start getting in, like creative on how to use him, I'm panicking big freaking time. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's it's either that or Trevor Lawrence. Like, you know, all of a sudden, light bulb clicks and he starts because just throwing BBs to yeah. everybody. Which, yeah, it it doesn't really seem like that's about to happen. It seems like he's going to be a, more of a project than than they had hoped he would. Also. I think Urban Meyer is a shit coach for the NFL. I'm just going to put that out there. I think he's shit. I yeah, think he's used, I know he said, "Oh, I'm not going to go after that." Than uh, other teams. He's just exactly. using college. He's he has more being... talent than other than the opponent because he can recruit anyone he wants. Now it's just like it's kind of fair play, and he's like, hmm, "This is not as easy as college." Yeah. Did Did you see the video of him where he's like? Uh, he was talking to another coach. Like, they they put it out. It was on uh, NFL Today. Okay. And he's talking to the coach, and he's like, man, the NFL's hard. It's like playing Alabama everywhere. No shit. It's like playing Alabama every week. What did you think you were signing up for? Did you think you were <laughs> signing up to go play against, like, 
you know, division two NCAA type teams that you're just going to be able to smoke them constantly. No, you Maybe were he going thought to he was NFL. coming and playing the CFL, man. I don't know. Like he, Maybe he legitimately thought he was just going to waltz in there and just be like, yeah, I'm the greatest. Win a Super Bowl in your first year as coach with a team that sucked last year just because you got a new quarterback. I mean, I, I, I don't Ville. know what planet he's living French. on. But like, Is that the new team in Montreal, Jacksonville? Yeah. No, man. Uh, I, I don't think he's a good coach, so I think that's part of the problem there too. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I kind of agree on that with you. Um, I still think it's early to say that he's uh, – a little poo-poo head at coach, but um, we'll see. I'll give him in the season, man. I'll give him the season. And if he still like acts the way he is and doesn't adjust the way NFL coaches should, um, he's going to be starting to look a lot like Anthony Lynn to me. Mm. All right. So we're going to go into our last player of the panic. Don't panic. It is, it is a big one. It is a big one. He's someone that people invested top four top five picks in draft most definitely uh, it is alvin Kamara running back for new orleans saint uh so I'll, i'll let you take that one first too yeah you know what i'm honestly if, if i'm a Kamara owner i'm panicking i'm panicking they had a game right where they're losing they lost that game 26 to 7 is that was that the score i gotta double check uh, it. let me check they lost the game Uh, 26-7. He's a receiving back, and in a game where you guys got absolutely demolished, he only had six targets out of the backfield. I'm concerned specifically about the lack of targets, right? Mm. The week before that, had a pretty decent game uh, against Green Bay, uh, but even in that game, he only had four targets. It's like, what happened to all of his targets? Like, he's typically, you kind of rely on him almost like a Christian McCaffrey in terms of the targets sure. that he gets out of the backfield. You know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten targets a game coming out of the backfield, especially in a half PPR league. That's what you go out and get him for, is for those targets, right? And now it seems like those targets are drying up. It's almost like with Jameis Winston coming in at quarterback that he they're not game planning specifically to try and get him the ball as much as they normally would, right? Uh, I mean, I understand why his carries were down in the Carolina game because they were down for most yeah. of the game. But why is there not a corresponding significant increase to his targets? Right. I'm mm -hmm. panicking specifically for that reason. I'm not saying go out and, you know, sell him for peanuts. Right. But I think with his pedigree, you might be able to find a trade out there. That's going to do you a little bit better than what he's doing right now. All right. Well, I mean, I, I fully do not agree. I mean, I do agree with what you're saying with the, the targets that like in two games and especially one that it was a negative script, he only has 10 targets. Um, if that was Breeze at quarterback, that would be probably double the amount of the targets. Um, but we'll see, man. Famous Jameis said that he, uh, that he was learning a lot from uh, Breeze last year. So maybe uh, Breeze is going to give him a call and be like, hey, uh, how about you do a little dumpy dumper from time to time to your running back? Uh, this guy's pretty good. His name's Alvin Kamara. Ever heard of him? Like, He I learned mean, a lot from Drew Breeze, did he? Did he learn yeah, how to keep his eyes open when he's throwing the yeah, football? Yeah, exactly. No, that's a LASIK surgery. He got a LASIK surgery that keeps his eyes open when he throws the ball. Um, but yeah, if not, man, like he had a good week one. It's week two. He had a shit week. I mean, the whole team didn't do very well. I mean, they got surprised by the Panthers. Like, no one expected the Panthers to win that one. Um, so, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not panicking at all yet. 
if he has another game uh, with almost no yards and no targets and none of that, uh, now now I'm, I'm starting to be a little bit worried. Uh, but for now, I'm not even a tiny, slightest bit worried. Oh, we'll see. We'll see, man. I'm, I have him in one of my leagues, so I, I, hope, I hope I'm right that I shouldn't be worrying. All right, but anyway, so um, we'll go into our second segment. Uh, everybody's favorite segment, the Would You Rather. So the first, first one is, would you rather have Daniel Jones, New York Giants quarterback versus ATL, or would you rather have Justin Fields, baller quarterback for the Bob, the Chicago Bears against Cleveland? So you can, uh, you can guess where I'm leaning with that little uh, annotation that I gave to Justin Fields. I am picking Justin Fields. Day in and day out. I drafted him on my bench in almost all of my leagues uh, for this moment to come. Uh, the guy was a, a monster in college. He showed Trevor Lawrence how, how to play quarterback in the National Bowl last year. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking Justin Fields in that one, definitely. Yeah, I disagree. Uh, I'd, I'd go with Daniel Jones, honestly. Again, I'm not a big Daniel Jones fan, so it, it almost pains me to say this, but... Cleveland has a better defense than ATL. Simply put, Thanks. I think that uh, Justin Fields is going to have some trouble um, because number one, Chicago's offensive line hasn't looked great. If I'm being perfectly honest, I, I, I'm not in love with the way that their offensive line has played. I think, you know, Miles Garrett might get in there, might make his, uh, might make it a tough day for him. Uh, Atlanta's defense sucks. They're bad. Uh, you look at what uh, Tom Brady did to them. Uh, obviously Daniel Jones is no Tom Brady uh whatsoever but i think we look at how much he was able to score last week uh he's getting involved he's running the ball uh, you know for me from a fantasy perspective my money's on daniel jones to be the better scorer all right well um that sounds yeah i mean like there is a case for daniel jones like you said that defense is horrible plus daniel jones got his legs under him that he can run um which, I mean, like, he does run fast, but I know if you notice against that on that Thursday night football last week, like, it seemed like as soon as he, like, ran for more than 15, 20 yards, that, like, the Washington football team players were just, like, kind of, like, not trying to tackle him. Like, there's guys, like, running next to him. Like, he was here, a guy running, and they're running, like, next to each other. It's like, go cut him off tackle him like they're like just running in the park on a saturday afternoon just you know holding hand running running around in the sun uh but i guess man there is a case for daniel jones but i'm starting justin fields i think justin Fields is gonna have a big day all right so going into the next one the next one is very much appropriate with the one that we just been through the daniel jones and justin fields because it is darnell money mooney Chicago Bears receiver at Cleveland, or would you rather Michael Pittman Jr. Indy receiver versus Tennessee? Um, I'll let you take that one. This is a tough one. Uh, honestly, when, when you sent me over the list and you said you wanted to talk about that one, I was like, damn, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. Uh, I think Pittman <laughs> is probably going to have a decent day against Tennessee. Um, even though the quarterback situation there is kind of up in the air. But 
for me, for my money, I'm taking Darnell Mooney. Specifically because Mooney has looked great through the first two weeks. And I'm concerned about the, you know, the, the question mark at quarterback. We don't know. Is it going to be Carson Wentz or is it going to be this Eason guy that I'd never heard of until he came into mm. the game last week? Yeah. Um, I'm not overly confident. I do think Pittman's going to have a good day. So if you have him on your fantasy roster, you probably want to consider starting him depending on who else you have uh, for flex and for wide receiver. But if I have the choice between those two, if I got Mooney and I got Pittman, uh, and I'm trying to decide between which one of those two I'm going to actually put on my team, I'm going with Darnell Mooney. Sure, yeah. I'm, I'm taking Darnell Mooney too. Um, as you said, man, Mooney has been great. And also reports from camp and reports from practice and reports from everywhere is saying that Mooney is Justin Fields' boy. Uh, so I think he's going to pepper him with targets. And also, um, I think like uh, I saw somewhere that um, Dalton's average uh, length of pass was yards per passing attempt was like, eight yards and in only one half for Justin Fields it was like 11 or 12 yards so he's going to be slinging that ball down the field and I think Mooney Mooney should be good at least for a long touchdown in this one I think yep we agree we agree all right so now going into the next one the next one man I feel like we're gonna have him Every single week on our uh, Would You Rather segment, he's so fun to talk about. And that, that situation in his backfield, it's kind of messed up. But it is Would You Rather Tyson Williams, Baltimore Ravens, running back versus Detroit. Or Would You Rather Damian Harris, New England running back versus New uh, Orleans. Um, I'm going to go and take that one. I'm taking Tyson Williams, man. Detroit Lions are mucho, mucho bad. And um, Tyson Williams is just too good, man. He, I mean, like, he's not CMC too good, but he's been looking great. He's been having a nice burst of speed, smart runner. I talk about him almost every week in, in this podcast. Um, I love Tyson Williams. And one of these days, Greg Roman, the OC for Baltimore, is going to like have to realize that he's an idiot and stop splitting the carries with Latavius Murray and Devonta Freeman. Devonta Freeman got lucky for a long rush, but Devonta Freeman ain't the answer. Latavius Murray ain't the answer. Tyson Williams is the answer in Baltimore for the running back problem. And if they give him that false chance, I don't think they're even going to miss J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. It's not a jab on them because I love these two guys. It's just that I think that Tyson Williams is just that good. Um, I, I think you're off base on that one because I, I know that you feel Tyson Williams is that good. And I know that if you were the coach, you'd probably be handing the ball over to Tyson Williams. But you're not the coach. Coach is Harbaugh. And Not Harbaugh yet. is spreading that love out, and he's giving it to everybody. They even got some other guys that they're still trying to work into the offense eventually that are not going to be active this week. I think the problem is, yes, Detroit is going to give a lot of opportunities, so he might have a decent fantasy day. But they spread the ball out too much. If Latavius Murray ends up getting those red zone touches or, or if they hand him over to Devontae Freeman, he's in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, maybe he'll get 80 yards, but if he gets 80 yards and zero touchdowns, you're in trouble. However, on the other hand, Damian Harris – He's getting pretty consistent touches in New England. James White, obviously, is still their guy kind of in the passing game, but they're starting to get him involved a little bit in that as well. So I'm going with Damian Harris because it seems like Bill Belichick has finally found a running back that he's willing to like make a feature back. 
which we know is pretty rare when it comes to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. They rarely do that. The one guy that they've always uh, had for the passing game in recent years has always been James White. And then they have a committee of like two or three other guys that they'll give some carries to here and there. Uh, but now with Mac Jones, it almost seems like they've decided that Damian uh, is their guy and they're going to start feeding them the ball. So I'm going with him uh, if I have the choice between those two. I mean, I, I, I do agree with you on that comment, Damian Harris, but the surprising thing, because I, I'm a Damian Harris owner and I try to trade for him uh, in Dynasty, but I mean, he, he had, he had the, the bulk of the carries last week. Like, I think he had like 15, 16 carries, but funny thing is that he was on the field way less than James White was. James White was on like 30% of the snaps, offensive snaps, and Damian Harris was only on like 25, 26% of the snaps. I know it's not that far off, uh, but these are some, you want, if you're, you're talking about a feature running back, you're talking about all the snaps. Um, I'm, I'm fully aware that Tyson also is not going to get all the snaps. Um, I'm just worried that, you know, if, if New Orleans puts a beating on them early, and they need to pass, I'm quite confident that's going to be James White's game. So I, I don't see Damian Harris being on the field if they go down by a score or two real early in the game. Yeah, well, there's, there you go, assuming that Jameis Winston is going to be able to put them up by a score or two early in the game, which he is not. I didn't say anything about that famous boy. I said uh, – But you said I'm if New Orleans Kamara. goes up – up by a score too early in the yeah, game. Yeah, maybe Kamara the becomes the quarterback and the running back and the offensive coordinator. Maybe they, they, oh. they give him Alvin Kamara a raise, you know? Maybe. All right, so we're going to go into our next one, and this one is it, – it is what it is. That's what it is. Uh, it's would you rather Kenny Galladay, New York Giants receiver versus ATL, or Chase Claypool, Pittsburgh – receiver versus Cincinnati um if you don't mind I'll take that one first um I'm taking Chase Claypool all the way Deonta Johnson is probably not going to play and also Kenny Galladay has been he's been nowhere to be seen on that field uh since he's joined the Giants and I mean if he was going to step up and his new in uniform that would be the game to do it and start on that curve going up but he hasn't shown me enough to, to, to believe that he, he still has it in him, man. I, I feel like that he's always lingering that, that leg injuries that he had last year, and I, I don't like it. So I'm, I'm taking Chase Claypool. Yeah, I, I actually have to make this decision in one of my leagues um, because Kenny Galladay is projected to outscore Chase Claypool, but that's presumably because they're playing against Atlanta. So here's my issue, right? Atlanta is so bad on defense that this could be the game that Kenny Galladay breaks out, right? This could be the game where he finds a bunch of space and where Daniel Jones starts feeding him the ball. And it, if it is the game, right, then he's going to have a wonderful fantasy day. Yeah. So I'm probably going with Chase Claypool, but we'll see. When I get closer to actual game time, we'll see if I, if I have a change of heart and I decide to go with Kenny Galladay because I think he might end up with a giant day. Don't but you're right. Up. Don't tinker with your lineup. Make a decision. Stick to it, bud. Well, as of right now, I'll tell you, Chase Claypool is in my lineup specifically for everything you mentioned, right? Deontay Johnson's out, um, which is going to open up a little bit more targets. My only problem with Chase Claypool is he's so goddamn in- inconsistent in terms of what he does for fantasy. Um, That's fair. Almost regretting drafting him, to be honest. But, uh, yeah. you know, let's, let's see. If he can put up some good numbers against Cincinnati, I'll gain a lot more confidence back in him. All right. 
So we're going to go in our last piece of the segment, Would You Rather? Um, and it is a Would You Rather? Cole Beasley, Buffalo receiver versus Washington. Or Would You Rather? Brandon Cooks, Houston receiver versus Carolina tonight. Tonight in a couple hours. Um, take that one first, bud. Well, it's coming up real quick, so we get to find out whether or not we're correct uh, in True. a very short amount of time, right? Um, honestly, Brandon Cooks, I like him. I would want to start him in this case. I really do like him, but I'm going with Cole Beasley. We got, honestly, when they announced that Davis Mills was starting at quarterback, my reaction was, who? Who? I got no idea who that is. I have no confidence that he's going to be able to find Brandon Cooks with any kind of reasonable ability. And I think the Carolina defense is, is, is pretty good. Uh, I think they're going to have a field day with a rookie quarterback. Um, so I don't think that you would want to start him over Cole Beasley. The problem with starting Cole Beasley is that he's also horribly inconsistent, right? You know, we're, we're not too sure we're going to get out of him. And Josh Allen hasn't been that good to start the year. He's in fact been pretty average. So, regardless of that, I'm going with Cole Beasley because I think he's got more upside and I think that they have a slightly better matchup against Washington than the Texans have against Carolina. And as inconsistent or average as Josh Allen has kind of been this season, he's not a no-name rookie that nobody's ever heard of. So, True, true. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I'm going to go with Brendan Cooks, even if I do still think that that rookie quarterback is going to throw like three to four interception tonight. I was looking at the over under to bet on it. And I was just disappointed that they maxed it out at 0.5 over under interception. They just put a shitty return on it. I was like, man, put it at like 1.5. I'd still bet that, that he's getting at least two interceptions today. Uh, but that being said, even if I think he's going to get thrown some picks left and right, um, what happened last game when he had to come in for Tyrod Taylor, the target share that Brendan Cooks had that was already huge, one of the highest for any receiver in the league, kind of doubled when he came in. That quarterback came in and was just like, you know what? All I see is Brandon Cooks. There ain't nobody else on the field, so I'm going to just toss the ball nonstop to Brendan Cooks. So I think that even if it's a bad matchup that they're going to be again turning over the ball, I still think that He's going to get a ridiculous amount of targets. I, I wouldn't be even be surprised if I see Brendan Cooks finishing the game with 15, uh, 15 plus targets. Well, um, you know what? I, I, I don't disagree with you on the targets. What, I, what I'm worried about is this no-name kid. Is, is he going to be able to actually hit him with those targets? Or are they going to be going into the hands of defenders and, uh, you know, off in the sidelines and hitting people on the bench? That's fair. Uh, so. But I mean, like, he got drafted. He got drafted in the NFL, like, early second round. So I'm guessing that out of 15 targets, he can have, you know, at least seven that are catchable, I would hope. Jamarcus Russell was drafted first overall. Yeah, but he is a ding-dong. Wow. He's a bit of an idiot. Um, but all right, so that's it for today. Uh, we have one last segment, which is going to be pretty much everyone's most hated segment throughout the season. Who's going to be the starting running back for San Francisco 49ers? Is it going to be Elijah Mitchell? Is it going to be Trey Sermon? Is it going to be Trenton Cannon? Is it going to be 
Jacques Patrick, or who is it going to be? So who do you think gets the load this week if Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon can go? I mean, if you gave me a dartboard and blindfolded me and I threw the dart at the dartboard and you had all of their names going around the dartboard, uh, and before I threw the dart, you also spun me around with the blindfold so I was nice and disoriented, uh, I, I, I might have just as good of a chance of hitting the correct running back than I do of predicting it right now. Uh, I don't think that anybody on the 49ers, including the running backs themselves, know who's going to get the bulks of the carries. I honestly think it's a crapshoot. I would probably stay clear of all of their running backs this week in fantasy because I can't for the life of me tell you yeah. who's going to get it. I feel like they might start the game and, you know, they'll give each running back, you know, a couple of shots here and there and whoever gets it off the best, maybe they'll ride the hot hand. So, so that's the problem you is you're playing with fire. So let me put you into a situation. Let's say Elijah Mitchell doesn't go. So now the backfield is Trey Sherman, Trenton Cannon, and Jacques Patrick. Do you think that Trey Sermon is going to get the bulk of the carries, or do you think that they still don't trust him, that they were just last week forced to put him into, like, to dress him because they didn't have any more other options? I think Sermon is the one guy with pedigree, so he would be my bet if Elijah Mitchell doesn't go. He would okay. be my bet to get the, the, the bulk of the work. That's my bet. Uh, but even then, it's still not a very safe bet. It's really not. Jeff Wilson Jr. is coming back, uh, getting close to, to returning as well, the last that yeah. I heard. So, uh, I mean, I, I would, if Jeff Wilson Jr. was suiting up this week, I would probably say him. But <laughs> as far as I know, uh, as of us speaking right now, he's not going to be suiting up this week. So, so Trey Sermon, Trey Sermon said apparently is trending into the right direction. Wilson is not going to be suiting up until week six or eight, apparently. Six or eight, right. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. You if, know what? If Elijah Mitchell doesn't go, I like Jacques Patrick. Um, just because, you know, I, I read a little bit on him, and now I have his profile right in front of me. The dude is 6'2", 231 pounds. He's a big – He's like a Derrick Henry, eh? He's, he's, a, big, he's a big running back. So, uh, mm. I think he's if, – if Elijah Mitchell doesn't go, he's going to get those red zone carries. He's going to get the carries inside five yards. Uh, so he would be my fantasy, my fantasy option that I would go with. Um, I don't know that I trust Trey Sermon, man. Trey Sermon got healthy scratch. Then he got put on the field, had one carry and then got double dunked and fumbled the ball. I, uh, I think, I think Trey Sermon, man's yeah. dog value is going to keep going down and down and down and down and down and down any, any time he steps on the field. Yeah, well, I'm, I, listen, I'm not trying to boost Trey Sermon. I'm just saying, like, he's the one guy with some pedigree around there that they, uh, that they seemed to have been invested in at least at one point. So, I don't Fair know. Enough. I'm steering clear of that backfield altogether, but uh, yeah, Fair enough, it'll man. be interesting. It'll be interesting yeah, to watch. It'll be definitely interesting. And um, definitely that we're going to be – it's going to be so interesting that we're probably going to be able to ask ourselves the same question next Thursday. So, uh, so that was it for today, man. Good, uh, good, ep good, good being with you and chatting uh, with you again uh, tonight. So uh, enjoy the Thursday night football. Everyone, always make sure to subscribe, uh, like the video, and follow us on our socials, so Twitter and Instagram, at Sideline Guide. And uh, that's it for today, folks. So uh, see you later.